0: Everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Nikki B's Movie Corner. And another year has come to a close. Well, maybe not just yet. It's not exactly quite the end of the year just yet. But nevertheless, the time has come to give you my top 10 films of 2018. These were 10 films that I enjoyed personally the most. This year. Um, pretty solid year overall. Uh, a lot of people are saying that it wasn't a great year for film. Uh, there were some disappointing films. Hello, <laughs> a little Star Wars story. Uh- <laughs> wow, that weirdly transitioned, uh, God, you know, I normally want to put a star Wars movie as my favorite of the year. Um, but I didn't get to this year. Uh, there were some great films that came out this year. Uh, some of the ones on this list, you might be a little surprised by because some of these weren't exactly loved by critics, but that's the thing. I don't normally, as I've said, this is just my personal opinion as the ones I loved the most. I haven't seen a lot of the ones that many top critics are considering to be the best of the year. Um, You know, normally it's around this time of year that a lot of the studios are getting their Oscar bait movies out. Um, And I, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of them. Um, But of the ones I have seen, these are the list. Let's get that intro out of the way. And without further ado, let's get this started. All right, starting off this list from 10. To one at number 10 is Ready Player One. This was an absolute blast to watch. I loved watching this movie. It's definitely one of the best in recent years from director Steven Spielberg. Uh, cause Steven Spielberg's career as of late. I mean, we all know Steven Spielberg. He's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, made some of the most iconic films ever. Uh, but his career in the last maybe 10 years has kind of been up and down. They're been films that he's done in these last 10 years that have been great and there've been some that a lot of people haven't loved. Uh, but I loved this one. I know this one was got kind of a mixed reception from a lot of critics, but I really enjoyed this. Um I was just so fascinated with this story uh, about these characters putting on a VR headset and entering this world of the Oasis, the name of the universe in the film and becoming different avatars you can become whoever you want to be and this movie has arguably (laughs) like if you've seen the movie you know when the big huge nostalgia bomb of all of these popular characters um from the 80s the 90s all these popular film characters popular video game characters when it's just this onslaught of nostalgia at the end it is a cool thing to watch and my eyes were just opened um I, and I had a big smile on my face watching it. I mean, if you've seen, you know, you've seen the, if you've seen the trailers, uh, I won't give everything away if you haven't seen it, but in the trailers, you see the Iron Giant. And when you see the DeLorean driving around, I was just like, wow, it really like, it really blew me away. And I, I haven't read the original book, uh, Ernest Klein's original book. Uh, I definitely have wanted to, since I saw this film, just to kind of see, um, excuse me, what, uh, differences there are between the book and the novel. Uh, a lot of people I've talked to say it does follow the book pretty closely. Um, so that is a good sign. Uh, but I really did enjoy this movie. Uh, and I highly recommend you do, uh, If you're into a lot of old pop culture references and into a lot of nostalgic references, a lot of them are here for you. I mean, you can pretty much almost name a popular character from the 80s or 90s or a popular video game character from that time. They're there. It is a really cool thing to witness at number 10. Ready Player One. Coming in at number nine is not a film that went to theaters uh, or maybe it did for a short time for a limited release. I'm not sure, but it's a documentary and uh, I always try to I'm a huge documentary buff myself and I always try to see to put at least one documentary on my list of the top 10 of the year. If I find a documentary that's good enough and this year I found that it is the HBO documentary Robin Williams come inside my mind this film got me um i as some of you might know i am a huge robin williams fan he's one of my favorite actors of all time he's one of my favorite comedians of all time uh i could literally sit here and give you a laundry list of some of the greatest some of my favorite films have been robin williams work and this documentary was a great insight and a great history of his life um, from friends who knew him uh, people who'd worked with him in the past it's really it's it's a funny documentary it's a touching documentary and it's still just an absolute shame uh, that a talent like Robin Williams is not with us anymore I still personally feel his loss to this day uh, even though it's been, I guess it's been about four years since he passed away, which is just so strange to think about. Um, But, you know, I mean, everything that Robin Williams did was, I mean, so much. I mean, if if you've never seen Robin Williams stand up, go and look at his old live at the Met stand up. It is, you will be in absolute awe that not only is his material not only was his material brilliant, but you're so in awe of the fact that a human being could pull this off uh, with just him being so energetic and so all over the place. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see in your life. Uh, and of course, his film work. Um, gosh, everything from Mrs. Downfire, everything to from Hook, uh, Goodwill Hunting, which is one of my favorites, Dead Poets Society. Uh, of course, the voice of the genie in Aladdin, Awakenings, uh, which was directed by Penny Marshall, who recently passed away. Um, I mean, he was just he was just one of the greats, and this documentary really, really is a great insight to his life and how he got started in the business. Uh, you know, when he started off, his character uh, Mork, which was a he, the character Mork was a originally featured on Happy Days. And then, of course, that character was so success, successful Mork from Ork, uh, <laughs> the alien Mork, uh, which later turned into the spin off show Mork and Mindy and everything that happened in between. Um, and it's just, it's, it really, it, It made me this documentary made me laugh so much because I loved the man, but also just made me cry uh, knowing a lot of the personal struggles that he was going through. Um, And I and it was just really also really great to, you know, see, you know, hear a lot of these stories about how a lot of these favorite performances came together Um, it was just an absolute great documentary. I loved it so much at number nine, Robin Williams come inside my mind. At number eight is mid nineties. This was the directorial debut of Jonah Hill and a really solid directorial debut at that. Um, now for me, um, I loved this movie. I really did enjoy this movie. Um, I was never a skateboarder. I never got into the skateboard culture. I never was a part of that scene, but I feel like you don't have to be to watch this movie to get the same enjoyment out of it. This is a very raw film. This is a very honest film and a very truthful film um, and really solid performances from, and, you know, from a lot of. The young cast that's in this film who aren't even actors, professional actors, a lot of uh, the actors that Jonah Hill cast in this movie were these young professional skateboarders who aren't necessarily actors, um, but they he managed to get great performances out of these young kids. And there was there is a few um, there's a few actors in this film who've been in movies before and you might recognize uh, some of them. But, you know, and but I and those performances were really great, but I was really impressed with these non actors and the performances that Jonah Hill uh, got from these people, uh, from these kids, I should say. Um, But and it was a really, really what I loved about this movie is that, yes, it's called it's called mid 90s and it is set in the mid 90s. 1990s. I guess it's never really established in the movie, but if I had a guess, this movie takes place in probably 95 or 96. There is a lot of nostalgic things in this movie, but it doesn't rely on the nostalgia. It doesn't really play to the nostalgia. This is a, you can tell that this is a real story that c- c- could take place in any decade, really. And you can still, if it's directed and written with, love and care then you can really still get into the story um and but you know with that being said there are some great nostalgic things in this movie i mean everything from the music that they listen to there's a lot of great 90s hip-hop uh in this movie uh wu-tang clan entered the 36 chambers which is one of my favorite albums of all time uh a lot of wu-tang is in this a lot of great 90s hip-hop and you know there's also The Pixies have a song in this movie. There's a song by Morrissey. Uh, Great, great soundtrack. But that isn't what makes. That's one of the things that makes this movie great. But a lot of it is the performances from these kids, and you can tell that this was a personal story uh, that Jonah Hill wanted to tell. Um, Because you know, I didn't know. You know, and even in seeing and reading a lot of the interviews from this movie, I didn't know that Jonah Hill was a was so knowledgeable about skateboarding culture and hip-hop culture. Um, I was really quite blown away by that because, you know, you look at Jonah Hill and you never would suspect that someone like him would be into skateboarding or in that type of culture, but it really surprised me that he knew so much about it. And watching this movie, you can really tell that. And it's a very relatable film. Uh, You know, as I said before, you know, you can put this movie in any decade and still get – you can tell the same story in any in, in pick any decade and you can still relate to it um even though i you know i was born in the mid 90s but i didn't grow up in the mid 90s but i related to this movie um it was a really really well done first direct well done debut from mr jonah hill and i am really excited to see what he does next at number 8 mid 90s At number seven is The Incredibles 2. We finally got a sequel to The Incredibles and it really does the job. It's exactly the sequel that I wanted it to be, in my opinion. I have been waiting for an Incredibles sequel for the longest time. I am a huge Disney Pixar fan and it's still kind of I still kind of scratch my head at the fact that we got two sequels to Cars uh, before we got an incredible sequel, but you know that's just the way life goes. Um, but I really did enjoy The Incredibles too. It was nice to see the incredible family back on another adventure again. It was nice to catch up to see what a lot of where these characters are at this point in their lives, because uh, it's been about. Um, Uh, I think it's been about, when did the first one come out? 2003, 2004, something like that. So it's been a good 14 years uh, since the last Incredibles movie. It really, really does the job. I thought this, I really, really did love this movie. It has a lot of what you loved about the first Incredibles movie while also still going in a little bit of a different direction. Um, But still, it has a lot of what you love. Um, I never count out voice performances, voiceover performances. The voiceover performances in this movie are amazing. Uh, A lot of people don't like to, you know, I personally feel like there should be awards given for great voiceover performances. And all of the actors fit the characters that they voice in this movie so well, especially Samuel L. Jackson as Frozone. He's not in the movie that much. Um, he wasn't in much of the first movie, uh, really, but he's completely steals the show. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson steals the show in any movie he's in, but in the Incredibles, he's completely, (laughs) it's, he's, it's just, you know, it's Samuel L. Jackson. The first time you hear it, honey, where's my super suit. Oh, it's so, it's so great. Um, This was, as I said at the top, this was everything I wanted an Incredible Sequel to be. It's one of the best superhero films that came out this year. I really did enjoy this movie, and if you haven't seen The Incredibles 2, and especially if you're a huge fan of the original Incredibles, please check it out. I really feel like you won't be disappointed. Coming in at number six is Halloween, the new updated halloween um this was a great entrance into the halloween franchise um it has a lot of what you loved about the original 1978 slasher film classic from john carpenter but the great thing about it in my opinion is that it does not rest on those laurels um and it completely the first thing you have to know right off the bat if you haven't seen this new Halloween is that it is a complete straight sequel to the 1978 original and it negates all of the sequels that came after it. Uh it negates Halloween 2, it negates Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, 4, and most importantly, it negates those god awful Rob Zombie remakes that they did. Uh, I mean, after those Rob Zombie remakes, I thought that I thought that the Halloween franchise was dead, Uh, but I'm glad that this movie came along and completely threw all of those that away. As I said, it is a straight sequel 40 years after the events of the original Halloween. Really interesting to see Jamie Lee Curtis back as Laurie Strode. She is the best Part hands down of this movie to see that Laurie Strode turned into such a badass and turned in and she has her mind straight on finally killing Michael Myers the man that has was out to get her in the original film um Michael Myers was in a mental institution for 40 years, kind of just to kind of set up the story a little bit. Michael Myers was in a mental institution for 40 years, finally was escaped and was released. And now he's after Laurie Strode and her family. And Laurie Strode is not letting that happen. It was a great return to form for the Halloween franchise. I'm not sure where it's going to go, uh, at this point. Um, maybe they'll continue on this trend. Maybe David Gordon Green, who directed the film, who also, uh, feel a bit of an interesting tidbit. Uh, David Gordon Green, the director of this movie co-wrote this movie with Danny McBride. Yes, that Danny McBride, Danny Pineapple Express Eastbound and Down Vice Principals McBride uh co-wrote this movie and you know who know who knew that Danny McBride who knew that the person that it was going to save the Halloween franchise was the Eastbound and Down guy I never would have thought that but they did a fantastic job with it um i highly do recommend it if you're a fan of the halloween franchise it has a lot of what you loved about the original but still tells its own story and it still has its unique style um even you know with john carpenter's original score with some new twists on it they did it perfectly in my opinion they did it the way if you were going to bring this to a new generation Generation. I would have thought it would have come out something like this. They did it justice and they did a fantastic job at number six, Halloween. At number five, is some of you might be surprised by this, is Bohemian Rhapsody. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I am a huge Queen fan and a huge Freddie Mercury fan, and I thought this was a great biopic to truly encapsulate how much Queen meant to a lot of people. Um, Really fantastic performance from Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury. You're going to hear this. You have heard this in every single review about this film. Rami Malek is that good as the late great Freddie Mercury. He literally got everything down to a T. Um, when the live aid performance, uh, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but the main climax of the movie is their legendary 1985 live aid performance. And he, Malik got down Freddie's mannerisms, the way he moved on stage, just his expressions. He literally got down everything. And everything was recreated from the way that the stage looked, the way the instruments looked, uh, the other, um, the other actors who played the other members of Queen, Queen, Brian May, John Deacon, and Roger Taylor. Uh, they did a fantastic job as well as recreating everything to a T. Uh, I mean, go on, go online, go on YouTube and look up that, seminal live a performance from queen and then go see the movie and tell me that it is then tell me it does not recreate everything it absolutely does um this is a bit of a controversial pick uh to be on my top 10 of the year because it's gotten mixed reviews uh from critics and you know i won't deny the fact that it does play like a straight up biopic uh, it is biopic one one for the most part. It's, you know, it's here they are. Here's Freddie meeting the band. Here's, uh, the band recording their first album. Here's the band recording their first hit. And here's the band living up their huge success. Here they are doing this, 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 and this. You can't deny that, but I was able to put all of that aside and really enjoy this movie for what it was. Is it completely one hundred percent accurate uh, to the band's timeline? Not really., um, you know, for instance, there's a scene um, the main uh one of the main scenes in the movie is uh, Freddie confronting the band telling him that he has been diagnosed HIV positive uh, before they even. Uh, do the live aid performance. And in reality, if you know anything about Queen's history, Freddie was actually diagnosed HIV positive two years after live aid, even two years after live aid had happened. Um, But I understand that they kind of maybe had to do it this way uh, to kind of, you know, make it a more, make the movie flow in a more cohesive way, or maybe not a cohesive way, but just to make it, A more entertaining movie to make the movie flow a little bit more in their eyes um but you know like i said the movie it does you know you can't deny it does have its problems but i can put all of that aside it was great to see the scenes in which they were recording bohemian rhapsody great to see uh Them, you know, coming up with We Will Rock You, coming up with Another One Bites the Dust. There was a lot of great things in this movie. There's a lot of what there's a lot to love about this movie. And because of that, I can put aside the movie's flaws and really enjoy this movie. Um, Rami Malek, as I've said, is good enough to win the Oscar for uh, for best actor in this movie. I believe he's going to be nominated. Um, he there's already been he's already been nominated for a bunch of other awards, but I feel like he's going to be nominated for best Actor at the Oscars and I'm calling it right now. I think he deserves to win. Uh, whether or not that happens, we'll just have to see. But at number five is Bohemian Rhapsody. At number four is. A Quiet Place. This one really surprised me, Uh, especially considering the fact that this was directed by John Krasinski. Um, I know that John Krasinski has been doing some directing uh, in the past. He's done some things here and there, but he took on a straight horror film premise and really knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. This is one of the more effective horror films that has come out in a while. And, and, you know, it's really just, you know, the basic premise of this movie is this family uh, played by John Krasinski and Emily Blunt and their two kids have to be in this. They can't make any noise. They cannot make any noise. And if they do, this monster is going to attack them. And that is a fantastic premise for a horror film and if done right you know you really have to if you're if if you're going to pull off almost a quote-unquote silent film you really have to have someone who is going to get their hands on it that really does an effective job and doesn't make it cheesy in any way and i was so surprised that John Krasinski was the man to do it. Um, it it's, it's, as I said, it's a genius concept for a horror movie. The fact that you can't make any noise or you'll be killed. That is just <laughs> I remember seeing this movie and just, you know, just having the whole audience just sitting there in silence As this movie is going on, I mean, people were afraid to kind of people were afraid to cough uh, when the movie was going on. Like people were kind of like raising their arms and kind of coughing, like (laughs) kind of coughing in a quiet way and also kind of, you know, opening their candy wrappers as quietly as possible when you can get the audience to feel when you can make your audience feel that they are in the situations that the characters are in. It's really effective. Not a lot of people can pull that off. Um, and this movie has one of the more, this movie has one of the most brilliant performances of the year. Um, it might be my favorite performance of the year from Emily Blunt, uh, who has been a favorite actress of mine, For a while now, I've loved a lot of things that she's been in, Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Sicario. Um, She's had a lot of great performances under her belt, but this might be my favorite of hers. And when you can pretty much say everything you want to say and convey so much emotion without even saying a single word, that is the mark of a great actor and... The one scene, the most infamous scene in the bathtub when she's giving birth and she's trying not to make any sounds as she's doing it. I was just sitting in my chair. I mean, I was completely I was doing that thing that people do of like it was nail biting intensity. I'm pretty sure I don't have any nails left uh, after seeing that movie because it was really, really effective. It was edge of my seat intensity and it was the it was the surprise of the year for me. I was not expecting to love this as much as I did, but I did. And <laughs> and I really do recommend it if you are a horror film fan at number 4, A Quiet Place. Now we have come to the top 3 and at number 3 is Spike Lee's film Black Klansmen. This is a fantastic film and a great return to form for director Spike Lee, uh directing a true story about this African-American cop who infiltrates and exposes the local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. I believe this story takes place in Colorado Springs in the 1970s. Fantastic film i can't recommend this movie enough fantastic performances all around especially from john david washington the two leads john david washington uh the lead playing ron Stallworth, uh john david washington of course being the famous son of a little known actor named denzel washington his performance this is a breakout role for him. Uh, I can't think of any particular movies that he was in before. Uh, but for my money, this is a breakout role for John David Washington. Um, and Adam driver was fantastic, uh, as kind of his right hand man who he's been working with. Um, I, as I said, I cannot recommend this movie enough. It is a, it has, it's, dramatic when it needs to be dramatic it's also very funny in parts which i wasn't expecting uh considering the fact that this was a true story um and a very fantastic return to form for spike lee because you know for the last You know, Spike Lee, you know, he's made great films in the past, films like Do the Right Thing, and 25th Hour, starring Edward Norton, is a fantastic film that Spike Lee directed. And uh, there was also a movie he did with, um, what was the movie he did with uh, Denzel Washington? Inside Man! Inside Man, uh, Denzel Washington and Jodie Foster. That's a great film as well. Uh, He's kind of been up and down in recent years, but he's back in full force with Black Klansmen. This is a, and, and talk about a film being timely uh, for a lot of what's going on in the world right now, um, considering the fact that when this movie came out, it came out a year to the day of the horrible events in Charlottesville uh, that happened uh, last year. And when you, especially when you have, When you have something that happened as fairly recent as last year and a movie like this comes out, it makes the movie, it makes it even more, it makes it even more effective of a film considering that some of this is, you know, this is unfortunately happening in the real world right now. You know, a lot of these hateful Groups are taking to the streets and preaching their hateful message. Um, but you know, and you know, it's a very, this movie is a very politically charged film, but it's a fantastic film. Nonetheless, great performances all around directing, brilliant directing, brilliant writing all across the board. Fantastic job. I really do feel like you're going to see this film, um, get awards consideration for everything. I really do feel like John David Washington should be nominated for best actor. His performance is that great in the film. Uh, at number three, Black Klansman. At number two, we are officially have arrived in the Marvel universe on this list with Black panther this is one of the best films to come out in the marvel cinematic universe marvel has been doing a great job as of late with introing characters that you know aren't necessarily known by the masses i mean yes everybody knows who spider man is everybody knows who the incredible hulk is everybody knows who the x-men is and there have been movies based on those characters before but you know as far as recently you know nobody knew who the guardians of the galaxy were and that was incredible nobody knew who doctor strange was and that was a great film nobody knew who ant-man was and that was a fantastic film and they are continuing that trend as of late with black panther this is this is an absolutely great film not just a great marvel film not just a great comic book movie not a, just a great superhero movie this is just a great entertaining action film period uh and another great checkmark for director Ryan Coogler uh if you don't know who Ryan Coogler is he has been he's he's a filmmaker who's been coming up as of recently with um his first film was this little indie film called Fruitville station and he followed that up with creed which was a great return to form to the rocky franchise um with michael b jordan who's also in uh black panther playing the son of adonis creed and doing an incredible job in both In both films, Michael B. Jordan is one of my favorite actors working today. He killed it in Creed. He killed it in Black Panther. Uh, I'm not entirely uh, I haven't seen Creed 2 yet, but I'm sure that Michael B. Jordan gives a great performance in that and a great performance from Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther as in the lead role in this film. And, you know, the numbers prove it. Uh, this is was one of the highest grossing films of the year and I believe it was one of the uh, it's it's definitely up there in the highest grossing films of all time uh this it broke records this movie completely broke new ground and you know the proof is in the pudding everybody loved this movie I don't know anybody that didn't like Black Panther, who has seen it, uh, I haven't heard that one person uh, say it's overrated. Everybody that I have talked to and every review everywhere has been praising this movie in stride and praising this movie unabashedly. And and it's as I said, this is one of the best films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and was a great introduction for the character, which I knew nothing about uh, because, you know, I'm not normally a, I'm not normally a comic book reader. I love comic book movies as, as much as the next guy, but within the first five minutes of this movie, you know, everything about this character and what he's all about. And you are completely in the experience. And that is why it is at my number two. And now, at number one my personal favorite film at number one probably isn't gonna come as a surprise to most people this was a favorite film to a lot of people this year but it is mary poppins returns nah just kidding it's avengers infinity war (laughs) you really thought that for a second didn't you uh avengers infinity war as I said with Black Panther, proof is in the pudding. This was my favorite Avengers film that has my uh, definitely my favorite Avengers film so far. Um just the complete with every this was the this was the culmination of everything that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done to this point, bringing in all of the characters that they have built up with and introduced since the first iron man everybody is in this movie uh well maybe maybe not everybody but all of the main marvel cinematic universe lead staples are in this movie and it does the job and it is one of the more most entertaining films that i have seen In recent memory. Uh, Again. As I said with Black Panther. This is a great film. Uh, Not just a great Marvel movie. Not just a great comic book movie. Not just a great superhero movie. But this is one of the most. Entertaining films. Of all time. Now in my opinion. I really do feel that way. And I've thought about this. This film. And I. And I have thought about this. This year since I saw the movie. Avengers Infinity War, I feel is the Empire Strikes back of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I truly feel that way. Um it's definitely it's definitely the Empire Strikes Back of the just the Avengers franchise alone, but just with everything that they've done up until this point, they made an incredibly entertaining ride this movie made like what four billion dollars at the box office uh everybody i'm pretty sure everybody in the world has seen this movie it's at least now by this point if you haven't where have you been uh <laughs> seriously where have you been unless you don't like comic book movies which in that case you know that's completely fine um but still where have you been <laughs> um but i really just, you know, there really isn't much you can say about Avengers Infinity War. Otherwise, I would be here for 30 minutes breaking down every single spoiler thing that happens in the movie. And, you know, just kind of keep it keep trying to keep it short and sweet with a lot of these picks this year. Um, but it's still a great film, nonetheless. I've seen it countless times already, and I cannot wait for Avengers Endgame next year, which I'm sure they are going to crush it again. Uh not quite sure how they're going to follow it up, uh especially with how fantastic Infinity War was and with how uh Infinity War ended, which I'm not going to spoil it out there for you in case of, you know, in case some of you out there haven't seen it, which again, where were you? Uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, it's a great film and it does everything that I want it to do in a movie. It's entertaining, it's It's filled with action, filled with adventure, filled with comedy. It's dramatic when it needs to be dramatic. It's everything that you want in a film. It's the reason why I go to the movies. It's the reason why a lot of people go to the movies. And it's the perfect way to end this list at number one, Avengers Infinity War. And there you have it, folks. Those are my top 10 films of 2018 i had a blast watching all of these films and, and i hope that you did too uh if you saw a lot of these movies uh you know again i know probably all of you listening have seen infinity war probably all of you listening have seen black panther uh but i he- highly encourage you to check out some of the other ones i've listed you know if you're a fan of horror i think you'll love a quiet place uh if you're a fan of the band queen i think you'll really like Bohemian Rhapsody, despite some of its shortcomings. And I and if you love film and just appreciate all aspects of a film, I really think you'll enjoy black Klansman. I highly enjoy, or I highly recommend you all, I should say to check out all these films on the list. Um, if you haven't seen them and this isn't the, this isn't going to be the last, uh, podcast of the year. I'll probably have one up next week, uh, just kind of a little fun one to end the year. Um, I do hope on, I'm still working right now as far as getting some of the technology right to, uh, or maybe some of the equipment right to record other people and to interview people. That is my goal by the end of the year to have that all situated so that I can start bringing other people in so it's not just me talking unless you want to hear just me talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm I'm still working on that and I will have that up. Still need to get something situated, need to work out some things. Um, but, uh, but I'll get there. Uh, but in the meantime, just wanted to give you uh, my list of my top 10 films of the year. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another edition of Nikki B's Movie Corner. And as always, good night.